Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. And on this week's show, I'm very excited to have with me Nadia Bremer from Visual Cinnamon and a variety of other awesome projects and websites. Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's really cool to be here. Well, I'm very excited to have you on the show. We have a lot to talk about, but I want to start by first congratulating you on your Information is Beautiful Award, the Rising Star Award of 2016. Um, That's got to feel pretty good. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I was asleep during the ceremony, so I didn't know at all. And then I woke up and my Twitter was like, boom, <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> what? What? And then I saw what I wanted. Like, oh, I was just I'm still floating on a cloud even a week later. Yeah, I mean, it's great and it's well deserved. And um, we're going to talk a lot about your different projects. Um, but why don't we um, Start by having you introduce yourself. And for those of you who are listening, we are going to have a big announcement at the end of this show. So stay tuned. Nadia has an important announcement for those of you who are listening. So stay tuned. <laughs> but before we get there, we have lots to talk about. So Nadia, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background because as with most people who are involved in data visualization these days, <laughs> you have sort of an, uh, an interesting origin story. Yes. So... Uh, about five years ago, I graduated as an astronomer, so not very typical indeed. Um, not really knowing what I wanted to do in the world of business. Uh, so I went to a lot of different business courses and such, and I came into contact with Deloitte, where they were just setting up an analytics section. And that sounded perfect. Still trying to find insights from the data, but now no longer about stars, sadly. But I mean, transactions and stores and other stuff was still fun to uh, to get my hands into. As a consultant, you're always the external party, so you often have to convey your, your findings that you have from the data and the algorithms to the client. And, and that's how I got into data visualization. And the more I was visualizing the data, the more that I came to understand that I love that part even more than the analysis. It's like I, I was spending way more hours on getting the visualization right than on, on getting like 1% more accuracy. Did you miss the, like, the astronomer part of you? Was that like yearning to get out and visualize the the galaxies maybe maybe well i <laughs> it's i do believe that astronomy is a very visual part like of the sciences and so just look mm-hmm. at any hubble image and you can put that on your wall so mm-hmm. maybe there was always this sort of visual part that i had that made me choose astronomy above physics for example <laughs> right 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 um now, I think one of the first projects that I sort of became familiar with you was your OpenVizCon from last year where you're talking about SVG. So can you maybe start by defining SVG for those who aren't familiar with and sort of what your expertise is and how you use D3 in, in your work? Yes. So uh, SVG stands for Scalable Vector Graphic. And you, you sort of create shapes but not really in the pixel sense of the word. Uh, instead, you define how the shapes should look with words and numbers so it's more like a text file uh, where you say for example i want to i want to have a line and it should start 10 pixels from the left and 10 pixels from the top and it should end at like 100 pixels from the left and 200 pixels from the top and the circle for example has a center location and a radius and the advantage of this sort of writing out of your um, shapes that you want to create is that you can scale it and no matter how small or how big you make it, it will always look very sharp on the screen. So you have no pixelation. Um, You just multiply the numbers within that file, in a sense. And they're all separate elements. 
So when you have something on uh, in a browser, all, all of these lines and circles, they are separate elements drawn by your browser. And you can then easily attach uh, events to this. Like if you hover over this circle, this should happen. If you hover over a line, that should happen because they're all sort of separate existing elements. They're just not. It's not like an image where you have 200 pixels by 200 pixels. Mm-hmm. But really, the main reason that I started using is is because SVGs really are the building blocks of D3. So practically all D3 visualizations are completely made up of, of SVGs. Uh, that was really the main reason. And then afterwards, I started to investigate well, how and what can I do more with SVGs than just creating circles and lines and rectangles and such. Right. And, and you had mentioned color. Um, is color trickier in D3 than in other languages or is is color just tricky all the time, irrespective of the tool? Well, I find that color can be tricky like in any form of visual design, but maybe mm-hmm. most difficult in data visualization because then color really gets like a meaning, different colors to separate different countries. So they have to be easily distinguishable and look good together. Right. But I find that this is sort of true regardless of the tool. And to be honest, I find it that D3 actually helps me more than um, other tools because say you want to use colors to convey a range of numbers, like from uh, the lowest revenue to the highest revenue, I only have to supply the color for the lowest revenue, which could be blue, and another color for the highest value, which could be green. Using D3's functions, you can then request any color that falls in between those two number ranges. So I actually find that D3 makes it easier for me to use colors because of these sort of uh, helpful scalings and such. Can I I ask, is is the SVG, the the vector graphics, is this something that's new to people who are coding in JavaScript? Is this something that just hasn't been taking advantage of? Why, why are people now paying so much? They seem like they're paying so much more attention to this. Is it just because you gave this awesome talk at OpenViz and everyone's like, oh, I should be doing this? Or why, <laughs> like, like why, why is it all of a sudden a bigger, it seems to be a bigger conversation than it was even you know a year ago? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't really know. I, I do know that SVGs have been around for quite yeah. some time. And um, but why they haven't been used before? I think uh, in terms of data visualization, I think D three was the first one that actually used them. Mm. Um, but people are also now really trying to uh, coming to understand like good forms of animation and what you and especially how that combines with the use of SVG in animations. And you see a lot more in that as well. A lot of people doing wonderful stuff with that as well. I don't know. Maybe maybe the time was right for it. I. Uh, I truly don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it seems like the, the adoption of D3 then the adoption of sort of the other elements that go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Well, I, I will post the link to your OpenViz conf talk because it was fantastic. But I want to talk now, move to one of your recent projects. Um, you and Shirley Wu are working on a project called Data Sketches, which is a really fun project month to month. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you're goals are or if it's just sort of a fun thing for you for you two to do every every month yeah well it it sort of is uh um so it was it was like june of this year and 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 i've met shirley through slack channel and then i met her at open biz and we were just chatting about some stuff and i remember at some point that i was thinking about what i had done in terms of personal projects in last year and i i could only think of one thing and that made me actually kind of sad i wanted to do (laughs) i mean creating projects is one of the things I like the most and I spend all my time on creating tutorials and, and, and presentations, which is fine, but I, I really love creating projects. Mm-hmm. 
And, and surely I just quit her job to go freelance and she also wanted to create more projects and explore the more artful and creative side of data visualization. And at some point she just said, well, why don't we collaborate for a year? And then so that we force ourselves to create one data visualization a month. Uh, so instead of thinking, well, um, this week, maybe not, maybe next week you have to do something because Shirley is also doing something. So it would be a shame if I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really love that, that concept. Um, so each month we decide on a topic for which we both create a visualization and we are completely free to do whatever we want within that topic. So we get two very different visuals that are somehow still connected. Um, mm-hmm. But what was also very important to us is that we write about the process. So from data to sketching to coding it up. And that was most, I don't, we don't really remember anymore why we decided to do that, but it's uh, now we feel that it's, can show other people that we also sometimes don't know where we're going or where we came from and that we make mistakes and but eventually you can have something that you're proud of uh, visualization right can you can you talk a little bit about your process so these are all online interactive at least ones i've seen so far are all online they're all interactives can you talk a little bit about your process how do you conceptualize the project and and then ultimately get to the coding and building it up. Are you are you starting in the analog world? Are you starting sketching and drawing, or are you sort of getting the data right into uh, into the computer and into the browser and start making things right away? So we usually start with finding out what data do we have. So we we pick a topic uh, at the start of the month. We have some ideas, and then we pick a topic, and then I just start googling on the topic, and then thinking also a bit just offline about okay so what do i find interesting within this topic so for example with the movies well my favorite trilogy was the lord of the rings so i thought well i'll try and find i'll see what data is available about lord of the rings mm-hmm. okay and, i like where uh, you're going so far yeah <laughs> so so then sometimes i won't be able to find something that i'm looking for sometimes i might might be surprised for example with the lord of the rings i found a data set about uh, the number of words said by each character during each scene of all three extended editions. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I just need to use this. And then then we uh, we go into a sketching phase and we decided up front that all the sketching would be done. Well, we would try to do it everything on paper just mm-hmm. because it gives you more freedom. You can do you, your pen can do whatever you want. And that's not always true for tools. So we sketch on paper and think of just try to be creative, not thinking about any limitations. And then the last two weeks of a month, we typically have to try and code out whatever we have thought of uh, during the sketching phase. And sometimes we find that if you plug in the data, something might not work and you have to tweak your ideas. But uh, usually for now, it's been it's been working pretty well. Um, and we share screenshots of stuff that we do with each other. So we give each other feedback. Maybe you can try this. Maybe you can try that. Mm. And then usually within two weeks, we hope to finish uh, the coding itself. And while well, we've taken screenshots along the way so that we can also write about it and such. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the sort of most celebrated projects from last year was the Dear Data project from Georgia Lupi and Stephanie Posovic. Did that project serve as an inspiration for this at all? Yes and no. I mean, mm-hmm. Dear Data really is an amazing project. And I'm sure that sort of made the idea of a collaboration more accessible to our in, in our minds. Mm-hmm. But when Shirley first proposed the idea, it wasn't really coming from Dear Data. We just, we just wanted to learn from each other and work together and force ourselves to create projects. And 
only after chatting about ideas and thinking about how to give it shape did one of us sort of say, well, two women doing a collaboration. That's that's very much like their data, isn't right. it? Right. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's differences. Obviously, it's it's analog versus online interactives. And, and I think you're talking more about the process than than they did. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of helping people along the way learn how to build similar types of, of things and learn the technologies. Yes, exactly. That was So that was also a point, like, we thought about it and we found that we came from a very different mindset and goal than, than them. Yeah. So we just continued with it and, and then we were like, yeah, some people were going to say that we're like a Dear Data spinoff or something. We would know better and we have been inspired by Dear Data, definitely, but it we did this for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the other tools that you're using? Do you have a suite of tools that you're using? And, and maybe Shirley's using something or something different. Um, obviously, everything's now, you're, you're building everything. at the, the end product is all in JavaScript and D3. But what's your sort of process all the way through, even as you're exploring data and, you know, the tools that you're using to download the data or scrape the data? Yes, so I'm mostly for data preparation. I'm using R because that's what I what I use during my more data scientist years. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm trying to find the data, sometimes that could just be uh, a Google spreadsheet or a CSV file that I can handily download. Or I, I sometimes I have to scrape something and I try to figure out the um, the systematic to uh, understanding like URLs to do that through a pro- programming programmatical I this word, way <laughs> but uh, then I always go into R so I do my web scraping through R or I read in the, the raw data in R and then from there I start making uh, aggregations or checking the data or making getting rid of everything that I don't need um, so for me that data preparation really is R but Shirley for example she's uh, very familiar in, in, in JavaScript and Node so she's been using all kinds of packages that have been v- available for Node to do things with the data like very very fascinating things like um, screen, automatic screenshots and, and other stuff that I have no idea how to do <laughs> but then we both really just take it into D3 uh, so HTML, CSS, JavaScript that combination and I'm not really actually using any other frameworks. I, I used underscore at some point to do some data preparation final stuff for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's mostly because I only know a few of those frameworks. Uh, Shirley, for example, she's very good with React. She uses that uh, a lot, but I'm from my astronomy background, I never learned that. So it, it's always tricky for me to figure out which I should learn. And for now, I've just been fine handling and just using D3. Uh, although some on a very rare occasion, I take things into Illustrator mm-hmm. um, to do something that is not just not possible um, in the browser. And I have some image in my mind, like using elfish and dwarfish fonts uh, that, you know, that's not really <laughs> typical web font stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are there any of these projects that you've done so far that stand out for you that, that you you know, really fell in love with either in terms of the, the process of building it or the final project, the final product or, or something about it that, you know, you love about the about that particular project relative to some of the other ones? Um, well, I, I do like my um, 
August one that's about the Olympics and I, uh, I in which I, I visualized all the 5,000 gold medalists that have been on the Summer Olympics since the first um, Olympic Games in 1896. And that's because... It's, it's called Olympic feathers, but if you look at the visual right now, it just looks like five circles. And that's because I, I wanted to, I was actually creating feathers from the start, but that eventually got scrapped because uh, I, I showed it to a friend of mine who's a designer and whose opinion I trust. And he told me, well, you, you really need to lose the, the feather shape and just go with circles. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> because I I really, I'd, I'd spend quite some time learning how to programmatically again that word and um create the feather shape and create these nice arches and such so i i still have a lot of screenshots of how the um the project looked when all of these circles were still sort of circles with feathers mm-hmm. um that i i sometimes try to show people like look this is how it used to look but you know <laughs> this is just for the best but i you know they were actually feathers at some point <laughs> that's, that's why, what i like about that yeah, one <laughs> yeah so you mentioned that that you have a designer friend that you that you bounce ideas off and, and you and shirley talk about um different aspects of the project be it the design or the code how important do you think it is for 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 other people who are out there working to have either to be working within a team or to have those sorts of resources to bounce ideas off and to and to work through sketches i think that is very important i mean just not necessarily the most important thing i find is having somebody to bounce your ideas off even i find that even more important than than working in a team just sometimes it's okay to do something on your own but you can get stuck in a certain mindset or be be like blinded by other possibilities once you've settled on a, on an idea and just talking to somebody else, they can give you interesting insights. You might not always agree with them, but you know, the, the ones that do stick make a lot of difference I find. So uh, if you just have a friend, they don't even have to be like experts in the field, but you, you can just show any friend and, and see how they react. I think it's, it it can't hurt. You can only learn stuff from it that will improve your visual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. Well, um, this is some incredible work. Um, your website, Visual Cinnamon, is uh, home of some terrific work. So congratulations on Thank all that you. and congrats on the uh, Rising Star Award again. Although now I'm, I'm not even sure you're rising so much. I feel just like star <laughs> is kind of more appropriate. But um, before we close up, we promised people that we have a little announcement or a big announcement, depending on your perspective. So uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and make that announcement. Yes. So I've been thinking about this for quite some time and quite some people have been asking me about it. But I have finally decided to go into freelancing. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. So what are you hoping to work on? What are your goals? Are you... Are you going to be, you know, is, is this the sort of work that you hope to be doing for for people, for clients? You know, where, where are you headed? Yeah, so I, I hope, what I hope is actually that I'm going to create visualizations that are sort of in line with, with data sketches and what I'm doing on visual cinemas. And that's for one particular data set, you want to show the insights and every insights that it has in a, in a sort of maybe a bit more engaging or artistic way. So more like one-offs and not dashboards, but just having these sort of 
pieces in itself, but they can be static and they can be interactive. That's that's not a thing. That's not a problem. But that's where I hope to end up. But we'll, I will have to see how um, if the market is there for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it is because uh, you do some great work and congratulations and good luck uh, and all Thank that. Thank you. Um, Nadi, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you again for inviting me. And so if you are looking for Nadia Bremer and you need some terrific data viz work, explorations, online tools, static tools, you can find her on Twitter at Nadia Bremer. You can also find her at visualcinnamon.com. And I will post all of these links on the show page. So thanks again, Nadia. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode. Until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.